Pastor Michael E. Tan. I'm the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We're at 311 North Dunbar, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We want to welcome you to today's program. Today you're going to be listening to a word either from myself, my lovely wife Kimberly E. Tan, or associate minister at Bethlehem, or teacher. But before we get into word today, we just want to welcome those who are listening throughout our MySpace page at www.myspace.com backslash Pastor Michael Eton, that's E-A-T-O-N. Maybe listening through our church website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com or podcast of the same name, Hear God's Word at Bethlehem or through our Women of Divine Faith or other ministries all on the internet. Now, let's get into the Let's open up in a word of prayer. Father God, we come right now, Lord, we just want to thank you, Father, for this opportunity and time that we have, Father, to just to meet together as ministers, Father. And we pray, Father, that this will be a time of encouragement to the men of God, Father, as they serve in their various capacities, Father. And we pray, Father, that you will encourage their hearts and their minds and in their souls in Christ Jesus, Father. We thank you, Father, for our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is, this is going to be a workshop, so uh, feel free to, uh, to uh-oh, uh-oh, that's okay. Feel free to uh, interject at any time. I'm, I'm not here to preach um, I think when you preach to preachers, a lot of times you miss some of the insight that other preachers have, and we want you to be uh, free and open to, to share it at any time. I want to thank Pastor Walton for uh, doing the PowerPoint as well. Um, but today, brothers, we're going to be talking about preaching through the storm, preaching through the storm, subtitled, What to Do When Nobody's Listening. What to Do When Nobody's Listening. Uh, We're going to be coming from Acts, uh, that whole storm chapter, really, the whole chapter. And uh, since we're kind of pressed for time, um, I'll just allow you to see this, the the scripture as we go through uh, the text. But uh, how I came up with this title, uh, subtitle, What to Do When Nobody's Listening. Um, I don't know about you, brothers, but I put a lot of time and effort and prayer into, into the sermons that, and the messages that God gives me. And... And one of my problems is is that after I've done all of that, I, I, I don't know if it's like that this in your church, but I just feel like nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. Now, if you're at our church, you'll probably hear a lot of amens. You'll, you'll, you'll hear a lot of amens, but uh, I can tell by the lies that they live that nobody's listening and 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 it kind of it's a burden on my heart because you know i 
I'm in this because I believe what the word says. I believe in the God that I preach about. I believe in the God that I serve. And, and I want my people to be blessed. You know, if, if you obey the word of God, you'll be blessed. But if you don't, you'll be cursed. So uh, sometimes it can just be discouraging when, when, when you just tell, ain't nobody's listening. You know, you can tell more uh, nowadays than, than any days. If you got your Facebook and you see some of the stuff that your members put out there on Facebook. I mean, it could be so discouraging. I'm like, you should know at least enough word to be ashamed of, of the behavior that you're displaying out on Facebook. You should be ashamed because uh, this is a public forum. And, and I know I'm preaching the word. I mean, you know, I teach and preach on Wednesday. I preach. And not only that, but in counseling. You know, brothers, have you ever counseled couples and they just go out and do the opposite of what you counseled them to do? <laughs> have you ever been there? You, you, I mean, you, you, you sat, you know, I sat with, with, with couples four to eight weeks and, you know, try to tell them uh, what the word says and, and how to do some things. And they go off and they do what they want to do. Nobody's listening. So what? Does the man of God do when nobody's listening? Wow. What does the man of God do? The moderator said, keep preaching, keep preaching. <laughs> keep preaching the word. Uh, but before we get into to our time tonight, I, I thought that it, you know, before we get into the whole matter, I thought this quote from D.L. Moody was, was really good. The, the preaching that the world needs most is the sermon in the shoes that are walking with Christ. Uh, and brothers, whether nobody's listening or not, we've got to preach the word. You know, uh, brothers, whether uh, your members are so enthralled by the TV preachers and, and, and you know, and that really throws me too and make me think that nobody's listening because some of those guys, they, they quote, I'm like, they don't even open the word of God to preach. They just, they just motivational speakers. They, 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 they you know, and, and, and you listen and you hear what some of the things that they say. And like, I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, this is not what the word says, but you, you quoting this person. You, and you, and you drive off one Sunday a month to go down. Hello, somebody. I know y'all, y'all, y'all preaching so much. They don't go listen to other preachers that's not preaching. <laughs> but we, we live in a culture and a society that really nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. Uh, I mean, we're just going to look at this illustration of Paul when he caught up in the storm and, and I don't have to give the background information on that. All of us know, know that. And, but today I just want to share three points and then we can go and get something to eat uh, under the subject uh, preaching through the storm. What to do when nobody's listening. First of all, from verse 10 of Acts 27, we, I, I want you to know today, ministers and men of God, you've got to say the word. And from verse 21, I want to challenge you to speak the word. And from verse 31, I want to challenge you to state the word. And we want 
my thesis or what I want to get over today is that pastors and preachers should preach the word when nobody's listening. Hello, somebody. Let me say that again. Pastors and preachers should preach the word when nobody's listening. And this was such a wonderful illustration on the point number one in verse 9 through uh, 11. Paul was on the ship and and, and he was there and he was a man of God and, 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 and he tried to speak the word. He tried to tell them. He said, so Paul warned them, this is what he said, this is what he said, men, I can see that our journey is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives also. He, he was there, he had a word from the Lord, he told them, don't take this trip. Have you ever told your members not to take this trip? <laughs> don't, don't, don't go to the casino. Don't, don't, don't do it. it the casinos are not made to give money away. Hello, somebody. You're going to lose your money. You're going to lose your rent money. You're going to lose your car money. You're going to lose it all. I, I, I know they're making money because that one right here, but right before you get into Texas, just keep building. It's building and building and building, which means they're making money. Hello, somebody. Yeah, they ain't losing money. They, they're making money. Don't, don't do this. Don't take that journey. Don't take that voyage. But yet, you, you see on Facebook, your member done, done hit one time. Look what I got. The same member that won't take, pay their tithes. Hello, somebody. Taking God's money to the casino. They hit this time, but I guess, guess what? They're going to they gonna miss. <laughs> they're going to keep hitting. Don't take this journey. Don't do it. They do what they want to do. And they suffer the consequences. Hello, somebody. They thought that uh, the preacher wasn't qualified to tell them how to live. So, so they said in verse 11, but the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. He followed the advice of the expert. We have a whole lot of experts in our culture. Hello. Some of your people will quote uh, Oprah more than they quote the Bible. <laughs> Hello, somebody. And Dr. Phil more than they quote the Bible. Dr. Phil good. Yeah. Or some of these other feel good preachers, they'll, they'll quote them. And you have the word of God. You're teaching the word of God. You're preaching the word of God. You're counseling the word of God. But yet, nobody's listening. They want to listen to the experts. And the greatest expert that we have in our culture and our time is, yeah, it's Jesus the Christ, the head of the church, but it's the pastors. We used to have a culture, come from a culture where they reverenced us. Hello, somebody. When, when the pastor walked in, everybody stood up because they used to reverence us. Now, hello, somebody. They overlook us. Hello, somebody. And they try to tell us what to do. 
Hello, deacons. <laughs> Anybody run into some deacons that's trying to tell you what to do? You, you were called as the pastor. Hello, somebody. And the only somebody that's over you is Christ. Hello, somebody. But yet the deacons on the front row try to tell you what to do. Hello, somebody. Nobody's listening. Hello, somebody. And they push the man of God back in the corner, push the man of God as a, as a, you know, sometimes when I get mad at Sister Eton, I say, don't you play me like a side order now. <laughs> Honey, I'm the main dish. <laughs> don't tell her I said that. <laughs> don't tell her I said that. <laughs> but that's how we we, we, we treat our pastors today, the men of God, the men who are, who are preaching and teaching the word, the men who, who are not concerned about the money issues. Hello, somebody. They'll send $500 to the man on the television, but don't want to give us $50 for our anniversary. Hello, somebody. I get mad and upset when you talk about a raise. When was the last time somebody in here got a raise? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to talk your business. I'm just talking my own business. <laughs> but, 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 but nobody's listening. What do you do when nobody's listening? Well, you just say it anyhow. Hello, somebody. Preach it anyhow. I like what Jeremiah, now if you're going through a hard time as a preacher and a minister, Jeremiah is your man. They called him the weeping prophet. We got some weeping preachers up in here. <laughs> Nobody knows that we come around, we got a smile on our face, but we've been injured this last Sunday by what somebody said or what somebody did or what somebody and how somebody tried to clown you. Hello, somebody. And you're the man of God. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, you need to read all through this. I mean, he, uh, I relate to him. And, and, but this is what Jeremiah 26, uh, 3 and, uh, 2 and 3 says. This is what the Lord says. Stand in the courtyard of the Lord's house and speak to all the people in the town of Judah who come to worship in the house of the Lord. Tell them everything I command you. Do not omit a word. Hello, somebody. Verse 3. Perhaps they will listen and each will turn from their evil ways. Then I will uh, relinquish and not afflict on them the disaster I was planning because of the evil they have done. Preach the word anyhow. Hello, somebody. Perhaps they'll turn. Perhaps they'll turn, preach the word, preach everything that God puts on your heart and on your mind, even though you know you're not going to get amens this Sunday. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. I like what George, which I'm kind of skipping around here. I like what George uh, Whitfield had to say. He says, it is a poor sermon that gives, that gives no offense. That neither makes the hearer displeased with himself nor with the preacher. He said, it's a poor sermon that, that, that gives no offense. Listen to those guys on TV. 
They, 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 they have what I call the monstrous ball theology. Uh, Holly Berry got the uh, Academy Award for playing this character. And, and this character cried out, make me feel good. I call that monstrous ball theology where, where all the preachers want to do is just to make the people feel good. Don't you know some of the best sermons that you ever preach probably won't get an amen. The best sermons that you ever preach should get tears coming down their eyes hello somebody hello somebody and we we, we get caught up too because we you know we want to make the people you know we want to be somebody you know we want our houses full you know we're, we're tempted like everybody else you know that's how they get their houses full they don't give an offense not even to sin and that's how they they get the house full you know just say good words this book is full of good words and it's full of bad words. And the bad words have to deal with the sin in folks' lives. And, and, and we used to uh, be able to mention sin. We used to preach about hellfire. Hello, somebody. And nowadays, uh, you know, we just want to make the people feel good. Hello, when we make the people feel good, how's we making God feel? Hello, somebody. I want to go on to point number two. Say the word. This is after, a little bit later in the text. They was in the storm. They didn't listen to the preacher. This is what Paul said. Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail. <laughs> have you ever tell your members that? You, should, you just should have listened to what the word of God said. You, you don't have to be in the storm. You don't have to take this journey. Just You, you, you should have listened. Hello, somebody. They listen to their girlfriend. Child, I wouldn't take that if I was you. I like to say in marriage, if you're going to be married, you're going to take something. Hello, somebody. Because marriage is not easy. God commands the man to love his wife as Christ loved the church. And don't overlook that. What did the church do to Christ? Hello, somebody. Crucified him. Hello, somebody. Sometimes your wife is going to be crucifying you. And guess what you need to do? Go ahead and die. Hello, somebody. <laughs> but don't stay dead. Rise again on the third day. Hello, somebody. <laughs> yeah, rise. Rise again on the third day now. Don't stay dead. Don't, don't give half the story of Christ. Christ loved the church. Hello, somebody. And, and, and that's what we had to do. But, but he said, you should have listened. You should have listened. I, my greatest desire sometimes for my sheep, I said, boy, I wish I could live your life for you. And I could, I could show you how blessed it is to live a life that's, that's, that's holy for God. God will bless you. I mean, he'll really bless you. I, I'm a living proof of this thing. He'll, he'll bless you. He'll bless you as a minister. He'll bless you. He'll open doors that you can't even figure in your head how that door open. Because, but if you're obedient, he'll do that for you. Don't get involved in all that mess that culture and society is pushing. Preach the word. Hello, somebody. And preach it to the best of your ability. And not only that, but live the word. Hello, somebody. Let me challenge the men of God. Our church, a lot of times, is just a reflection of who we are. Hello, somebody. 
If the head is right, the body has to get right. That's what I say. The body, I don't have to say a word. I don't have to do anything. If I'm living right, everybody else has to get right. Everybody else has to get right. And that makes me a more powerful preacher when they know you actually living what you preach. You see, with me, they know they Pastor Eton actually believe what he preach. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> He's not just putting on a show. He, he actually believe it. But he said, Paul says, I, I stood up again. You know, they didn't want to listen the first time. Got caught in a storm. The storm took them uh, to a whole lot of places they didn't want to go. And he he went on to say, then you would have spared yourself the damage of loss. And that's what what, what gets me. A lot of people that's not living holy, boy, there's so much loss and damage that is done in their lives. And and, and all they have to do is just obey the word. I see sisters, single sisters, giving their lives away to these brothers, living with them. Hello, somebody. You know, I preach against that, you know, shacking, you know. Why? And I use all these con- con- uh, terms you know, that the old folk used to do. Why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? You know, the brother, you talk about brothers won't commit. What do you need to commit for? You're giving him everything you want. He wants. Obey the word of God. Live holy. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God? Hello, somebody. You ain't supposed to be worshiping that way. Hello, somebody. <laughs> save your sex for marriage. And married folks save sex for themselves. But that's what happens. It's collateral damage. When you sin against God, you're gonna, it's going to catch up with you. It's going to catch up with you. That's why you hear about a lot of preachers that seem like they get away. You look at these guys and sometimes you're tempted to, 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 to covet what they have. Look at them. They drive a nice car. Wife look real good. And he creeping. Everybody know about it. The whole city know who his second wife is, his third wife is. Everybody know it. It's all out in the community. Seem like he's getting away. He, it's going to catch up with him. And, he, and he's going to lose it all. Hello, somebody. Why lose? I don't. And anything I've ever done, we've been looking at the Olympics. You know, these guys, they, they strive to win. They want to win. And guess what? Silver won't do. They, they train for four years and they're training for number one spot. And Paul tells us to do that as, as Christians. And that's what we need to do as Christian ministers and preachers and teachers of God. Run in such a way that you might win the prize. Hello, somebody. He tells us to, to, to throw off that stuff that so easily entangles us. And hello, preachers. Uh, what easily entangles preachers? Uh, a woman. Hello, somebody. If you're anything like me, God, ain't nothing God made that's more beautiful than a woman. Hello, somebody. But I still only have one woman. <laughs> I want to be uh, committed to that one woman. Even when she up in my face, I was like, oh, Pastor, you sure did preach. (laughs) Can I get some counseling? (laughs) Calling you up at 10 o'clock and then, Pastor, can you come over and counsel me? (laughs) I call that an unholy (laughs) B-call. Hello, somebody. That easily entangles about women. What else? 
power. We get up and like to have that power. Got to be seen. We preachers. Why you got to be seen more than you're a preacher anyway? You're a preacher at your own church. You ain't got to be before the people all the time. Hello, somebody. Ain't always got to be on program. Hello, somebody. Ain't always got to sing a song, though I can't sing anyway, so that's not a problem for me. <laughs> Sometimes I can work in the back background, like I probably is working in the background. Ain't nobody see. Unless I said something, nobody would even know. That easily entangles pride, the pride of life, women, and all oh, the money thing. Hello, somebody. God didn't say we had to be rich. In our philosophy, in our society, you know, we, that's all we talk about, hear about is that prosperity gospel. God, give me, let me, let me have. We treat God like he's a divine uh, Santa Claus or a heavenly bellhop. Give me, let me, let me have, Lord. But the Bible says we were bought with a price. Wait a minute. That, that's slave terms. Hello, sir. I know we don't like to hear about kuta kente in, in, our, in our culture. <laughs> But that's a slave time. I was bought with the price. God tells me uh, what to do and where to go. God, you know, God has the right to change my address. God has the right to send me from Dallas to Abilene to Paul's Valley. God has all the right. I have to do what he say do, not what I want to do. He, he, he gave it all for me. Now I, like Paul, want to give it all for him, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. That's why when I preach, I ain't worried about getting no money. You can give me a check, not give me a check. I'll walk out and be as happy as I walked in there. Because it's a privilege to be used by God. Don't you know it's a privilege? Yeah, yeah it's good to get it. You know, I can tell you about this, temp, this, this issue I had in my first church. Boy, it was woo, woo. But anyway, I, I can't tell you everything. But they got mad at me. And they knew how they wanted to get rid of him. Okay, we're going to cut his money off. They, they didn't realize I was preaching for, for free for 10 years before I ever got a, a check. Hello, somebody. And what happened was is my preaching got better. Hello, somebody. Talking about preaching through the storm. You know how you preach when you go through those trials and tribulations. And boy, those are the, some of the best messages that you preach. Because you have to depend upon God and God alone. And, you, and God takes you to the next level. And before it over a month. Month, right in December too, boy. That was a, a strategic plan, boy. <laughs> but it, it ended up, uh, I got paid double for my trouble. And, and they realized, hey, I'm not in this for the money. If I was in this, I, I think I could do a lot better things than <laughs> be, be messing with, with God's people. <laughs> Hello, somebody. We got to lay all that stuff aside. We got to live what we preach. We got to live what we preach, and then we got to preach the word and only the word and warn. Paul tried to warn them the first time. They wouldn't listen. He said, you should have listened to me the second time. The third time, he kept stating the word. And the word of God, uh, parenthetically, is like a, a global travel, travel uh, thing like I have on my phone. Uh, uh, I, can, I can tap in the address, and, and it'll tell me the quickest route to take to get to from one point to another. But if I decide to ignore her, I call her Shaniqua. If I decide to ignore her and go a different way, they'll say, turn around, turn around, turn around. You know, turn around, uh, go the new path. It'll do a new path. And the further, t further you go, it'll 
do a new path. And that's kind of like the word of God. That's what it does. That's why we got to keep speaking and preaching the word because people can get off and the word is saying, turn around, turn around, turn around. This is a, this is another way you need to go now. You know, just like with single folk, you know, we try to warn them, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. They go ahead and marry that heathen. Now the word changed. Hello, somebody. Now you got to stay faithful to that person. Hello, somebody. It changes. But if you want to be blessed, obey the word of God where you are at. Lastly, understate the word. This is what Paul said. Then Paul said, to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Hello, somebody. Tried to warn them to get them from the storm. We don't have, hey, don't go. Don't take this path. Uh, The second time, hey, uh, you should have listened to me the first time. You weren't listening. Uh, Oh, and then they lost all the cargo and all that. Now they're about to lose the whole ship. Hello, somebody. But the word of God says now that you need to stay with the ship. And most of you know this text that those who couldn't swim, they had to grab on, hold to the broken pieces. Hello, somebody. I preached that sermon to do too. you know, what to do, uh, how to survive on broken pieces. And that's what they had to do. The word of God, it changed. Okay, say, hey, here, they kept preaching the word, didn't listen. Kept preaching the word, didn't listen. Kept preaching the word, didn't listen. Because we live in a time as Second Timothy 4, 3 and 4 says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Now the time is here. The time is now. He was really prophetic in this Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And they will turn their ears away from what? The truth and turn aside to miss. And that's what we are now. We're in that place now. Nobody's listening. They're listening to miss. Listening to gossip, listen to Dr. Phil, listen to Bishop Phil and Bishop Oprah. <laughs> they have their own church, y'all don't realize it. <laughs> Nobody's listening. But what do you do when nobody's listening? You preach the word, what we started out with. Second Timothy. For to preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. What do you do when nobody's listening? Preach the word. Hello, somebody. I know it's hard sometimes. You know, I I say a lot of times the 11 o'clock service is preaching uphill. You know, sometimes you can't get an amen. You know, sometimes you're there struggling, you know, preaching the word at your 11 o'clock service and can't get an amen. Then you come to a three o'clock service and then that preacher come in and in your own eyes, he really kills. <laughs> of course he's going to kill. It's a three o'clock service. Everybody in there is spiritual. That's some of the be- best places to preach is a three o'clock service. 
You ain't did nothing. <laughs> Anybody can preach there. He'll let that same preacher come to some of our 11 o'clock services. Them folks sat down on him like they sat down on you. <laughs> Looking like this. <laughs> Be encouraged, brothers. You know, because when you preach the truth, sometimes folk ain't going to appreciate you. Well, most of the times, if not in our culture now, they're not going to appreciate you. You finish, you done, you done preached, and, and some of y'all know how to hoop. You done preached, gave them the truth up front, then you done put some gravy at the bottom and got the humming. Hmm, I wish I could do it. <laughs> and, and, and stir it up and, you know, do a little bit more. And, uh, <laughs> and then after all that, they leave. Nobody listen. Nobody shake your hand. <laughs> Hey, looking at your watch, boy, that preacher show is going long. <laughs> the game coming on. <laughs> Hello, somebody. But but what do you do when nobody's listening? You preach the word anyhow. Preach the word anyhow. Preach the word, preachers. Preach the word. Shall we pray? Father God, we pray, Lord, that this time is a great encouragement for the true men of God who's trying to really live this out, Father. The true men of God that stand in that pulpit every Sunday and, and, and have prayed. And, and some men of God, Lord, are by vocational Father. And, they, and sometimes, Lord, they have to stay up all night long that, that Saturday to get a word from you, to come a fresh word from you. And they get up and they preach, Lord, and the people are not listening, Father. And they, they've done all they can and they're working two and three jobs, Lord, and, and trying to serve you and commute to, for miles around, Father. And they, and they make it to the service and preach the word and, and nobody's listening, Father. And they feel like that their pastor, it doesn't amount to anything, Father. But I come here today praying and saying, Lord, that you encourage their heart and, and let them know, Father, that even though nobody's listening, Father, that, that you will let them know that Christ is listening, that you will let them know that there's going to come a time when, uh, oh, they get their true payment, Father. And you're going to say to them, well done, my good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few now. Oh, I'm going to make you rulers over many. Father, I come, Lord, praying, Father, for every pastor, every preacher at the sound of my voice, Lord, asking you, Father, to encourage their heart, encourage their mind, encourage their souls, Lord. To, oh, Lord, that they may leave this place, uh, set a fire to go and to share and to speak the word oh and to speak the word in an uncompromising way to preach the word Lord and to counsel the word Lord and to be encouraged Lord and Father God I pray Lord that, that you will shut up in them like you did Jeremiah as, as he uh, felt a little discouraged but then he said it's like fire shut up in my bones Lord 
Lord, make a fire shut up in their bones, Lord, that even though they may be discouraged, Lord, and, and thinking about giving up and throwing in the towel, throwing in the pastorate, Father, set that, that, that word in them like fire, Lord, so that, so that they cannot, oh, that they may not quit on you, Father. In Jesus' name, Father. Father, help your true men of God. And help, Father, that man of God that, that loves you, Lord, but is struggling with some things. That loves you, Father, but, oh, Father, they're caught up in some things, Father. I pray, Lord, that you will help them, Lord, to be released, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray for grace. I pray for mercy, Father, for we all have fallen short of your glory, Father. And we pray, Lord, that you will enable them, Father, to, to repent and to go, Lord. Lord, as if they've never fell before, Father. In Jesus' name, Father. Father, I know you love the men of God, Lord. This is a special calling for special men, Lord. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you encourage them, Father, today. They need thee, oh, they need thee, Father. Right now, Father, they need thee, Lord. We need thee, Father, right now. We cannot make it in ministry in this time without you, Father. So, Father, be with us and encourage us, Lord. Bless the rest of our time together as well, Father, because many times we don't get to fellowship. Many times, Lord, we don't get a chance to sit down and enjoy your good things in life. But help us, Father, just to enjoy the rest of this fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise the Lord. Amen. And praise the Lord. We, we have, what, about five minutes. Any questions, comments, or concerns you want to talk about? We got about five minutes. I pray that this uh, really ministered to you. Uh, I really have a heart for for pastors and, and preachers and and and, and uh, it's a hard task, gentlemen, but but God is able. He's able. He's able. So thank you. God bless you. Dr. Horn. Hello again, this is Pastor Michael Eaton. I've been your host for today's program and before we sign off we just want to make sure that you have a personal relationship so with God. Sweet. You know, many people are waiting to have a personal relationship with God. They're waiting because they're trying to clean up their life or get right with God to stop smoking or cursing before they come to the house of the Lord. And you know what I tell them? There's nothing that you can do or stop doing that would make you right for a relationship with God thing that you must do, however, is take God's provision. You see, in order to get right with God, you have to meet him on his terms, and his terms is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible also said that God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. God's only son, God's love, Christ died for us. So in order to get right with God, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that today by praying this simple prayer. 
Dear God, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Dear God, come into my life, come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, then the angels in heaven are rejoicing. For now you are a child of the living king. Because you're a child of the living king, you have to find God's family, and that's what the church is. The church is God's family here on earth. We love, believe by faith that you've been born to the household of faith here at Bethlehem again. We're at 311 North Dunbar in Falls Valley, Oklahoma, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We'd love to see you in our services. And if you're listening throughout the world, listening throughout the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, or even China, we're going to pray that God will deliver you to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-living church where you can grow up in the things of God. We want to thank you once again for listening. And again, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to find a church home. A baby born needs to be a baby born in the family because babies can't make it on their own. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are a spiritual baby. You must find a church home. Again, we want to thank you for joining us today. And I'm going to give us a final benediction. A benediction is a final blessing. Father God, we thank you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name that you would bless everyone at the sound of my voice, especially the new children of God. Deliver them safely to a church home and put your hedge of protection around us all. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again, either here in Cyber Church or in the service. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello again. This and is Pastor Mike Lee Tom, the senior Lord. pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We want to take this opportunity to see if God used this message in your heart. If if your life has changed, if God really spoke to you and touched your heart and changed the moment in your life, we just want to thank God for how he's working in your life, but we also want to take this opportunity to see if we can get you to sow a seed in the life of our church. Right now, we're entering into a building program, and we've calling this program Vision to Reality. And This is phase one of our building program, and I've told many of our members, you know, I may not serve at a mega church, but I do serve a mega God. Not living in a mega city. This is Paul's Valley. But we serve a mega God because we're heard all over the United States and different countries and kingdoms. And we're believing that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills where you are. And if you take a moment and go to our church website at www.hearGodsWordAtBethlehem.com and you can hear it, uh, tap the link on the MySpace page or... Uh, just go to the front page of our website at www.hearGodsWord at Bethlehem.com and scroll to the bottom there. You'll see Vision to Reality, and that's where you can give to the building. And we, we want to do it kind of just like Obama did. And he raised his funds. It was just people, ordinary, everyday people, $25 
that helped him to raise millions of dollars in a economy that people were saying that is depressed. I think that's God. And I believe God can do it for us. And we want you to give. Once again now, if God has touched and moved and worked in your life as a result of you listening to this ministry, we want you to give to Vision to Reality and help us to make our building here in Paul's Valley. State of the arts build a reality because you've taken time to give 25, 50, 10, 100, and you may be able to do more. Whatever God is laying on your heart, we need you so we can build this vision to a reality. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Again, go to the website, www.heargodsword.com.